into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome back in the hot seat after a long time away. It's been far too long. It's Carmela Smith. Carmela, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, AJ? I am doing much better this week as we record than last week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to hear how that went. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying. (laughs) Call call me host-elect if you like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, eventually I'll be able to breathe 100%, but the breathing's a lot easier now. (laughs) No, I totally agree. Uh, The the unclenching has started to happen. Yes, it's America's great unclenching. <laughs> what a way to start the episode. <laughs> uh, so you have been in the hot seat before, but it has been a while. Why don't you let everybody know who you are and what you do and why you do the things you do and other Motown sounding questions. <laughs> sure thing. Um, I'm Carmela. I am a business analyst by day, but some of you may recognize me from a couple shows out in the podcast universe. I'm on Trivial Warfare, which is a pub trivia style podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. And I am also the host of Foreplay, a game all about connections. Ooh, not love connections. No, not that kind of connection. But, you know, it is a game where one thing always leads to another. There you go. <laughs> uh, any other catchphrases we need to get in here? <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll figure some in, though. <laughs> no, I, I, I have listened to Foreplay. I enjoyed it immensely. We just had, uh, in our last episode, we had Jonathan on, and uh, he also uh, gave you a big shout-out with, uh, with the Foreplay. So uh, oh. definitely, guys, listen to it. It's a good show. I mean, I'm not going to compare it to this one because I'm biased. But, uh, you know, anyway. (laughs) Well, Carmela, as you know, you've been listening. This is our first annual 2020 Beat My Guest Tournament. Uh, I guess it's the first annual Beat My Guest Tournament. The 2020 is just, you know, to delineate the year. We'll I mean, workshop the name. Yeah, next year is the second <laughs> annual 2020. No, I don't think we're going to go that way. We're going to try to put 2020 way in the rearview mirror. Uh, in fact, screw it. It's the 2021. <laughs> but anyway, 60 different people are going to take their turn in the hot seat. You are contestant number 13, which means we have already a, a fine uh, list of scores for you to try and make your way into the top six. The top six scores will be invited back for a second round of the tournament in our semifinals. 
And eventually, we're going to whittle this thing down to just one single champion. <laughs> Is it going to be you? Uh, who knows? But let's find out. Who's to say? Exactly. Let us kick things off with, as we've been doing all tournament long, this, that, or the other. Here is how it works. Carmela, I'm going to give you three categories, and then I'm going to read off a list of ten items. For each item that you can place in its correct category, you will receive one point. However, be careful. Some of the items may, in fact, fit multiple categories. And as such, you will only get your point if you can correctly state all the categories into which that item fits. Two things I will promise you. Uh, Number one, each item does fit in at least one category. There are no shenanigans in that regard. I am not that evil. Uh, The level of my evil has been debated, but I am not that evil. (laughs) (laughs) There's a line I should have crossed, and that's the one. Also, uh, these ten items are going to be pulled from a larger list Uh, at random. So uh, do not try to game theory your way into counting how many categories uh, each one. Oh, that one's light. It must be that one. Eh, Nash ain't going to help you here. Game theory, throw it out the window. Open the window first, though, because I don't want that window breaking. It'd be dangerous. Um, Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Right. Your this category will be names from the women's rights movement. Okay. Names from the women's rights movement. Uh, number two, that is Mars missions. Names of Mars missions. Mars missions. And the other, words found in Charles Dickens titles. So, we've got women's rights names, names of Mars missions, and words found in Dickens' titles. One last thing before we get going here. I need to tell you that uh, I, this is a verbal category only, so I cannot spell the items for you because, you see, uh, homonyms are fair game. So it might fit in a different category if it's spelled differently, and if I spelled it for you, that would you know, potentially ruin, ruin, the, ruin the game, ruin the, ruin the joke, ruin, ruin the gag. Yeah, we don't want to ruin it. <laughs> Heavens to Betsy, no. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. For reals this time. Here we go. Item number one. Item number one is gauge. 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 Hmm. I don't think that's a Charles Dickens novel title. Or in a Charles Dickens novel title. Um, let's do women's rights movement. Women's Rights Movement is your answer, and Women's Rights Movement is correct. That refers to Matilda Jocelyn Gage, uh, who gave her name to the Matilda Effect, which uh, is the effect that whenever a woman is involved in discovering something with a man, the man's name goes on it, and the women's don't. Yeah, that'll happen. But we certainly had no problem naming the effect after her. (laughs) (laughs) She got some credit, at least. <laughs> Woohoo! The, ooh, I got the effect. Woo! <laughs> Wouldn't it have been a kick in the pants, though, if they named it after somebody else? <laughs> they named it after the guy that she explained it to one day. <laughs> All right. Item number two, Anthony. Well, there's Susan B. Anthony. Is there an Anthony in the Charles Dickens novel titles? 
Oliver, David, um, Mars missions. I don't think there was an Anthony mission for Mars. I'm going to say this is, again, women's rights movement. This is, again, women's rights movements. Again, correct. Two for two. Susan B. Anthony, of course. Moving on to number three. Expectations. Hmm. Well, there's Great Expectations, which is definitely Charles Dickens. Trying to search through my NASA knowledge, uh, of which is is getting weaker, I will say. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to go with Charles Dickens novels. Indeed, that is a great answer for you. Charles Dickens is correct. That is three for three. Item number four, mystery. Mystery. That's one I can't place in any of them. Um, hmm. I'm going to go again with Charles Dickens novel. Charles Dickens novel. That would be the mystery of Edwin Drood. His ah. unfinished final work. Well done. Four for four. Moving on to item number five. Dorrit. Dorrit. That is Charles Dickens. But let me see if there's a women's rights because i mean it's a name it could go either way um i'm gonna say it's just charles dickens it is indeed just charles dickens well done five for five a perfect first half take a breath (sighs) (sighs) but let's keep that momentum going let's not slow down item number six sojourner okay so that is um one of the the rovers or you know, it's part of a, a rover mission. But is Sojourner Truth also part of the women's rights movement? I would say yes. So I'm going to say both women's rights and Mars mission. Women's rights and Mars mission is correct. Well done. Well done. I wasn't sure you were going to know about the Mars mission half of that. <laughs> <laughs> but you spoke the truth. Hey, oh, item number seven, uh, opportunity. Okay. Opportunity is definitely Mars mission. Is there anything in Charles Dickens? There wasn't a sequel called Great Opportunities. Although if Charles Dickens was around today, he probably would write a bunch more and do sequels like that. I'm going to just say Mars Mission. Mars Mission is correct. Well done, 7 for 7. Item number 8 is Stanton. There's Elizabeth Cady Stanton from the women's rights movements. Not a Mars mission. Probably not Charles Dickens. I'm just going to say women's rights. Women's rights. You be a woman. You be rights. Eight for eight. Let us keep this ball rolling. Two to go. Item number nine. Curiosity. Curiosity is again Mars mission. Just trying to make sure it's not a Dickens. Um, I'm just going to go Mars mission. I am sorry. It is a Mars mission, but you forgot the old curiosity shop. Oh, it is Dickens. Dickens, (laughs) Yes, was both of them. It's okay. We got one more left here, and it is Zond. Oh, God. (laughs) Zond. It's one of those situations where I really could use that spell, but I can't ask you for that. (laughs) Mm, I'm just going to say women's rights movement. Women's rights movement. I'm sorry, that is not correct. Zond was indeed a space mission to Mars. Uh, 
uh, helped fueled by a bunch of Soviet-built uh, robotic craft used to, gotcha. uh, to map the universe, as it were. Well, a shaky end, but hey, with a start like that, you can afford a shaky end. Eight out of ten. How are you feeling now that you've gotten the warm-up out the way? Are you warmed up? Uh, the seat is a bit hotter, I will say that. <laughs> Funny how that's usually the response I get to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's built into the show, AJ. <laughs> it's pretty much a failsafe. <laughs> if ever, anytime I'm at a loss of words, I just go, how's that hot seat feeling? <laughs> All right. Well, eight out of ten, and I've been uh, spitting some knowledge your way. I've been uh, blabbing a lot here. But this is not just about me. I mean, it is just about me, but it is not just about me. I want to know what you know. I have asked you to come prepared with a little tidbit, a little bit of factoid, something that you've learned. So I ask you, Carmela, what do you know? So something I've learned recently uh, from, uh, if you have listened to Trivial Warfare, you're probably familiar with the name Rob Warman. And Rob has taught me a lot over the last couple of years. And something he's taught me recently is that on top of the Washington Monument, the, the apex, the pyramid, is made out of aluminum. And at the time that it was made, which was 1884, aluminum was fairly rare and as precious as silver. And at the time, it was the largest single piece of aluminum in the world. So it was a very precious metal at the time, and now we can't, you know, get away from it. Our cans are made out of it. It's in our kitchen. <laughs> so I thought that was super interesting that it was made out of aluminum. It was considered a precious metal at the time. And now today I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nick, get back. <laughs> what? What? No. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, the bees. It's the bees. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I can't pass up an opportunity to the Nick Cage. I'm sorry, we're, it's just in my we're blood. Combining, we're just combining all sorts of Nick Cage movies. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, thank you for that little factoid. We'll see how that plays into the rest of the game here uh, as we move on to the main section of five questions, which will help build up your score towards that final total. It's a portion of the game I really haven't come up with a good name for, so I guess I'll call it the main section of five questions. That I'll you can call really... it the climb. Because <laughs> it, it, it goes uh, increases each each question. <laughs> you know, I would if it didn't automatically just flash the the, the image and the sounds of Miley Cyrus in my head. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried to help AJ. But you know, hey, well, maybe we'll see what's on the other side. <laughs> but as this works, Carmela, I'll, I'll take it under advisement. I will. I will. It's, it's actually not bad, but. Uh... <laughs> And licensing fees. And uh, first question is going to be worth one point. That second question is going to be worth two points. Third question is going to be worth a maximum of three points. A little bit of a twist there. Fourth question, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. Four points. I can't believe it. And the fifth question, can you guess? Mm, let's see if you carry the one, and you add the, the factorial. Uh, I think it's going to be five points, AJ. Five points. Excellent. Remember, remember, I'm telling you now, I never said there would be no math. <laughs> Did not say it. Let's go on here to question number one. Your first question worth one point. Good luck. And here it is. So according to a list I found uh, from 2016, the Washington Monument ranks fifth all time in terms of Washington, D.C. landmarks that have been destroyed in Hollywood movies. Okay. 
three times, three times on film, uh, the Washington Monument uh, has been uh, met with a cinematic catastrophe. Uh, what I want you to tell me for your one point is what DC landmark checks in at number one on the list with nine separate movies delighting in its destruction. <laughs> So the first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, the movie Independence Day, where they literally blow up lots of things in Washington, but they do blow up the White House. And I feel like it's pretty iconic as far as you know people know what it looks like, and that would make a very striking scene. The other thing that I'm thinking about is the Capitol building, which is another giant white building. <laughs> that is easily recognizable, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to my first, my first instinct, and go with the White House. The White House is your answer. I think I wouldn't say most famously, but I would think one of the uh, more recent infamous destructions or uh, desecrations of of a uh, Washington landmark would be the Tim Burton reboot. Of Planet of the Apes, and I'm oh, spoiling no. it. And I'm it's spoiling it because I don't. Even... <laughs> I, I just, I'm spoiling it because it's a bad movie. Don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> where, where, where? You know, Maki Mak comes back to Earth, and oh my gosh, it's a monkey. Oh no. <gasps> um, but he the said Lincoln... Planet of the Apes, and I was like, oh no, it's the Lincoln Monument because I remember the end of that movie. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's all, actually, but that's only been five times. Oh. Five times? No, that's that's it's it's number three on the list. I just said okay. I'm working my way up. You scared me. Panic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say uh, number two on the list has eight, uh, eight different movies. Number one on the list has nine separate movies. I am not inc- I'm not including the Washington Mall because a lot of the monuments in question are part of the mall, so it's it's really hard to, to discern. But because the mall itself has been destroyed in nine movies as well, but eh, 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 eh. Uh, White House, a lot of destruction. Independence Day, sure, uh, but we really love to see senators squirm. <laughs> the Capitol building. It is the U.S. Capitol building. <laughs> nine times to the White House's eight. Uh, a very good guess. It was really a fifty-fifty toss-up when you think yeah. about it. <laughs> and I'll give you the point. Uh, your point total gets des- destroyed just like uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like those, Mars attacks, I suppose. <laughs> just eight points, just like the White House. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let us keep going here. Keep on moving here. Two points await you. Uh, I, I see you have a pencil and scratch paper with you, which is great because I was told there would be math. You were told there would be math. I was told. There's a little bit of math. All right. I'm not going to give you a whole hootenanny of time for this one, but I will give you a little bit of time, obviously. So uh, we were talking earlier about uh, all of us pretty much sitting at home, hitting refresh on our computers, and falling in love with Steve Kornacki as we awaited the 2020 presidential election to be decided. We've been staring at that map. I mean, I know by the time this airs, it'll been a while, but still, that map is burned into my yeah, skull. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fresh in, in our memories at the moment. <laughs> exactly. So I still think it's, it's time is close enough for this to be a fair game question. How many total electoral votes were up for grabs in the final six uncalled states, being Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alaska. 
Those were the last six states to be called. They were not called on election day, night, night after, night, night after, night, 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 night after. (laughs) (laughs) My God, it took forever. Uh, But if you add those, uh, the electoral votes up for those six states, what number do you get? I'll give you two points if you can figure it out. Please show your work. Oh, gosh. All right. So I know Pennsylvania had 20. I think Alaska had four. I think Arizona, either Arizona or Nevada has 11. But the other three, I don't remember what they have. Um, I feel like North Carolina is fairly low. I think maybe they have 10. Nevada, either Nevada or Arizona had 11. Maybe they both have 11. Could they both have 11? It's very possible. This is not just for situations like this, but... For, for me, for right now, for situations like this, this is why we need to get rid of the Electoral College. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Georgia, I think Georgia's in the teens, like 16. So my best guess is going to be 22. So Arizona, Nevada, that's 22 together, plus Pennsylvania, 42, plus North Carolina, that's 10, that's 52. Plus Georgia is 16, so that's 68. Plus Alaska is 4, that's 72. So I'm going to say between those six states, there were 72 electoral votes. 72 is your answer. Now, I was prepared to give you a bonus point here if you uh, ended up getting the answer right, but... Four out of the six states wrong because <laughs> <laughs> because that just generally whenever I've done math questions like this in the past I've 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 had people just completely say this I'm like no this no this no and then they'll come up with the answer like wait that's right oh my goodness because it doesn't matter how you get there it's just as long as you get there unfortunately yeah you were wrong on a bunch of states and you still almost backed into it. <laughs> Uh, indeed, Pennsylvania twenty, as we know, definitely that was that was the big deal there. That twenty was going to put him over the top. Uh, he only needed for the longest time. Joe Biden only needed seventeen to get to two seventy, and that was a combination of eleven from Arizona and six from Nevada. Six. <laughs> However, you undershot North Carolina, which was sitting there at fifteen, which we weren't worried about so much because we knew who that was going to, and that was going red. Uh, Georgia, you're correct, was sixteen. You know, you gave five extra to Nevada. You took five less from North Carolina. You were still sitting there with 68 plus Alaska. Unfortunately, there's only three in Alaska, not four. So it's 71? It is 71. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Steve Kornacki would be crying if he was listening. Oh, I wish he was listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am so sorry. Oh, Never has anyone gotten that close without getting it before, because I so ask the question all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's AJ always asking about the electoral college. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that one. That one, that was that was fun though. That was that was a good one. I mean, you weren't you weren't that far. It wasn't like this was an unfair like. Oh my gosh, no way. You know, because I know that's all I've been looking at for a while. But you know, <laughs> somehow it's Sarah Palin's fault. <laughs> If she hadn't shot all those moose, they might have gotten the fourth. 
Wait, that's not how it works. You changed the population. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, still sitting on those eight points, but still plenty of game left to go here. And the next question is my favorite. It is my super fun question. It is Fungo, three of a kind. Here's how we're doing it for the tournament. As always, it is three disparate clues, all pointing towards the same singular answer. However, I'm going to give the clues one at a time here. If you can guess after just one clue what the correct answer is, I'll give you three points. It's not an easy job, but it's been done. Uh, If you need that second clue, get it right there. Two points for you. And if you need all three clues, that's okay as well. I'll give you one point for the effort. And of course, if you fail in all three Attempts at guessing, three strikes you're out, and you'll get a lovely goose egg. Uh, you know, I don't need you to collect the whole set here, so let's let's not even think about that. Uh, <laughs> also, I've tried to weigh the three clues out so that one is a little bit easier and more possibility of getting in one. One's a little more average, and one is muy difficult day. If okay. that's the proper Spanish, I don't know. Maybe it says Peranto. Yeah, a little bit harder. But you know, far be it for me to just say, I'm going to give you the easy one. I'm going to give you the... I've randomized <laughs> them in my three columns here throughout. There's a column A, there's a column B, column C, and I'm going to let you tell me which clue you want, and we'll see where it lands. Um, well, I don't have really any um, strategy for this, but my name starts with C, so let's go with C. All right. C it is. Here is your Vungo first clue. Back out at last minute. Back out at the last minute. Hmm. Interesting. I have a couple of little inklings there. Is it flake? Flake is a lovely guess. However, that is not the word we're looking for, so we're going to move right. on to our second clue. And for that, I will need you to tell me A or B. Well, the second letter of my name is A, so let's do that. <laughs> All right. A it is... Simplify an equation. You can hear the question mark at the end of that. Simplify an equation, perhaps. Simplify an equation. Oh. <laughs> that didn't help at all. <laughs> Power yeah. through. Don't flake on me. <laughs> Back out at last minute. Simplify an equation. I don't know. Cold feet. <laughs> Cold feet? Sure. Could be. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with the equation, but I don't know how to, how to parse that one out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just willing to give you the benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> I know it's not easy on the other end. <laughs> it is not what we were looking for. Let us give you that third clue. Hopefully you can get a point out of this. Clue B. Type of culture. There's bacterial cultures. There's, like, you know, actual... Like culture cultures, which I know is super descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what this is. Um, that's why on my show I give the puzzles. I don't solve the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more fun with with the cards and the answers on them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, do you agree with those? I have all the answers in front of me. It's awesome. <laughs> I have no idea. Back out at last minute. Simplify an equation type of culture so there's like there's like bacteria which can be grown in in a culture and it has the word back in it kind of (laughs) which doesn't make any sense but it has nothing to do with equations even though the simplifying equation is got a question mark on it which means it's not just 
straightforward, here's an equation, simplify it kind of thing. I I don't know, AJ. I don't know the answer. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say bacteria just so I have a guess and um I'll take my zero. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh you know, some some of these people see them right away and sometimes you can stare at them for an hour and it's just not going to come to you and that's that's where the, that's when the fun goes, <laughs> the fun goes. <laughs> uh i think you'll find it to be fair uh once you hear the answer here so if i were to have scheduled this podcast with you and at the last second i couldn't be there i had to back out i would probably text you and tell you i had to cancel Oh, my God. <laughs> Cancel culture is a big thing right now. <laughs> and when you simplify an equation, you take those X's and you cross them out and cancel. It's a... Why did I think about cancel for backing out at last minute? I'm thinking like <laughs> like negative things like, oh, you flaked out or you got old feet or no, no. The actual just the most simplified answer for that is, again, simplified. Uh, yeah. It's just to I was cancel. telling you to simplify. <laughs> telling everything to simplify. <laughs> Don't work so right hard. there. <laughs> All, All right. right. That's, it. That's it. We're canceling the rest of the game. <laughs> you got me, AJ. You got me. Oh, well, you know, I don't want to get you. I just want to make you think a little. That's all. <laughs> um, look, eight points, a double Tristan, as it were. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. A double Tristan. <laughs> yeah, I'm never letting him live it down. Uh, he hates when yeah. I do that. I think eight points might be better than how I did the first time I was on the show. <laughs> so... <laughs> And still, plenty of points still on the table. <laughs> You're not out of this yet. Let's get you some points here. We got four points up for grabs with this next question. It's a bit of a wordy one, but we'll see how you do. Four, four points here is your question. Sir Humphrey Davy, who was responsible for discovering and naming several elements, including aluminum, aluminium. In fact, he's responsible for that discrepancy as well. We can discuss that later. But Sir Humphrey Davy, in addition to discovering and naming several elements, he also created the first, albeit short-lived, incandescent light bulb. But he's perhaps best known for inventing a special kind of lamp that bears his name, which used to be used in coal mines. Today... Davy lamps are used almost exclusively for one purpose. What is that purpose? Davy lamps. Um, well, I don't live in a place where there's a lot of coal. <laughs> so I've never heard of Davy lamps. And that would be a problem because I would need to know what they're used for. Unless, unless it's another name for a hurricane lamp, in which case I have heard of those. Get plenty of hurricanes around here. You said they're used for just a singular, particular purpose mo most often? Um, in, in the oldie days, the oldie timey days, they were used in coal mines. They are no longer used in coal mines. You know, we mm -hmm. have things called flashlights. Right. <laughs> Headlamps, you know. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, you know, <laughs> progress. Uh, so they kind of stopped being used um, and pretty much stopped being produced uh, in general. But today, they do use Davy lamps for one particular purpose. What is that purpose? Where do they use them? What do they use them for? If you get close enough to the answer, I will, you know, give you your points. Okay, cool. Hmm. So they used to be used in coal mines. It makes me think that they're very small. 
So, well, not like super small, but like small enough to, you know, where they don't take up a lot of space in a mine shaft. Because I thought maybe they might be used in maybe in lighthouses. But those are fairly big. They have to be. So that's probably not a good answer. Lamps that just have one purpose. It's not a very useful. Well, I guess it would be a useful lamp if it's just if it's not something that could be lit any other way. Scuba diving. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I just let me let's see. I mean, uh, as, you know, I'm happy to accept as your answer, but that did just come out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. So I just want to make sure. <laughs> I get in trouble a lot with my partner because I will have whole conversations in my head and just say the last thing that I thought and he didn't get any of the pretext <laughs> of everything that led up to that moment, uh, which is basically what I just did here. Um, <laughs> so I was like, so it's a place that, you know, do they use it in places that are super dark? So I was thinking about underwater and they maybe they need to use those kinds of lamps underwater, but that also doesn't make sense because... I imagine there's some sort of fuel source and fuel sources do not work very well underwater. So why would I say scuba diving? That doesn't make sense to me anymore. See, this is why we do this out loud, AJ. We don't do it in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I'd never been on a trivia show before. <laughs> so you're saying you want to cancel that answer. <laughs> I would if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> Who knew that last time you saw me in Chicago was the last sane moment I had. <laughs> Oh, at the time we didn't, but I, I, totally, I, I totally get it. Oh, goodness. Um, I, I don't even have, like, an inkling on this. Don't worry, I'm not doing the thing where I'm, I'm thinking about just stuff and then I'm going to say the last thing. I, there's literally no, it's white. <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> well, maybe I'm thinking too American. You know, there's, there's whole other continents. Um, Davies was, a, I imagine, a Brit. With the with the sir title, maybe it's used. What, what do they do over there? They have lots of horses, castles. Ooh, maybe it's used to light castles. That'd be interesting. Or handsome cabs. Don't really have handsome cabs down here in Florida. Meth labs, not handsome cabs. <laughs> it's, it's such an easy joke to make about Florida. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're talking, to be you're true. talking to the guy who had a whole category for <laughs> many episodes. I get it. See, you yanks, you think you can make fun of us, but you know it's it's warranted. <laughs> my, my wife went to high school in Florida, so you know <laughs> if she was okay with it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, fair enough. <laughs> Look, I have to give you a hard time somewhere. <laughs> Indeed, I I'm not going to know this. I. I don't have really any through line um, other than the things I've already said out loud. Um, I'm going to say it is used for um, handsome cabs. You know, maybe it's more common over in the UK. Handsome cabs is your answer. So, you know, uh, as I'm sure people have figured out, this is the 13th episode in the tournament. Uh, the The questions that come in this round are going to spin off from the the little tidbit the fact that uh that i get i think that's not been a secret i mean the first few people in the hot seat didn't know that and couldn't listen ahead so maybe they were at a bit of a disadvantage but so be it i wanted to the the thing with the aluminum and the aluminium i i just Mm -hmm. wanted to find out what was up with that so i looked up where that came from and i found out about this 
fascinating guy named Sir Humphrey Davy, who does not spell Humphrey with an E, so spelling, not his forte, I think. <laughs> but apparently he originally came up with the name aluminium to make it like, you know, sodium, calcium, potassium. Oh, it's got okay. an, an eum. And then he was doing some more talks about it and kind of, you know, really writing about it. And he said, no, actually aluminum. It should be aluminum. That doesn't make sense to be aluminum. It should be aluminum. And so he changed it, but there were like one or two papers that had already been released. Uh, and so the those papers were used in the UK and a lot of his work that came to the United States had the aluminum, which is why we in the United States say aluminum and in the UK they say aluminum, but gotcha. it's both it comes from the same guy. I found that interesting. Then I found out that he kind of invented the first light bulb um, by using uh, platinum, which basically just he'd light it and it exploded. Mm -hmm. And he nearly lost his eye, which I thought would have been so ironic if the guy who had the whole alu aluminum aluminum thing lost his eye. But <laughs> he didn't. But he wrote, said, "Wow, don't don't use that in a light bulb. You'll lose an eye." <laughs> so again. Fascinating guy, uh, very into the, into lights and stuff. So he came up with this lighting device to be used in coal mines because what would happen is that people would go down with the candles and the methane would hit the candle and boom. So he had to figure out a way where you could have the light be there but be protected by some sort of sheath so that uh, any any wind wouldn't blow it out and any methane gas wouldn't come in and cause it to ignite. But it was porous enough so that they could see the methane uh, make the light a little bit brighter because mm -hmm. it was filtered just enough. And so it became a warning sign, don't go in there, there's too much methane. So, you know, saved a few canaries' lives, I'm sure. Right. Uh, well, anyway, that technology of having a flame that is lit, that is sheathed and protected from outside elements so it doesn't go out, is still in use today. And they use Davy lamps exclusively. For streetlights? In the Olympic torch relay. Oh, <laughs> Olympic torch relay. Okay. Each and every one of the torches is a mini Davy lamp that is created so that it will not go out as they're running because it's got to carry that initial first spark all the way. That's 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 the gimmick there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I Fascinating. Fascinating individual. This is one I don't mind that the person gets them wrong, and I'm sure the person who gets it wrong, <laughs> I'm hoping, doesn't mind getting it wrong. Cause it's no, just, no, it's just, no. I mean, I would never have known that in a million years, but that's pretty cool. I, I'm glad I know that now. Yeah, so next time you see the uh, the torch relay, thanks, uh, Humphrey David, <laughs> venter, discoverer, name of aluminium, <laughs> rather. <laughs> All right. Uh, canary in a coal mine should have been a warning when I started asking you questions here. I don't like all these goose eggs or canary eggs <laughs> or any word eggs here. I want you to get this last question. It is not outside the realm of possibility. I do try and make them harder as they go, but you know what? Sometimes it, something hits in the wheelhouse, you just don't know. Let's see. Are you ready for the five-pointer? I'm ready. French composer Pierre-Louis Joseph Boulet. Not to be confused with the Pierre Boulet who wrote Planet of the Apes. It's spelled differently. <laughs> Different guy, but it just occurred to me that that's, that's funny. I didn't even plan that. Huh. Hmm. French composer Pierre-Louis Joseph Boulet was indirectly responsible for one of the bigger hit songs of 1986. This was a song that reached the top five on the charts in several countries around the world. The song featured a penny whistle solo by Morris Goldberg. For five points, can you name this song correctly? <laughs> so 
1986 was an entire year before I existed. <laughs> All right. Are you going to make me do my Beatles spiel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard of the Beatles, right? Yeah, I heard of the Beatles. They yeah. were before you existed too, right? I know. Okay. <laughs> I have no mercy on that regard. <laughs> no, I know you don't. I've listened to the show before. <laughs> oh, Penny Whistle Solo. I don't know. Um, 1986 Top 5 Hit. The French composer bit's probably not going to help me at all. It's more in that Penny... Who was the solo by? You said Morris what? Morris Goldberg. Goldberg. Expert of the Penny Whistle. <laughs> So He's I like hear. Sam Fear, but with Penny Whistle. <laughs> Certainly a unique instrument. Choice. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I was seeing if I recognize the name at all. Like maybe it was a member of the E Street Band or something. Penny Whistle solo. Now I'm trying to remember what the heck a Penny Whistle smells uh, smells like. It sounds like. <laughs> I don't know what it smells like either. <laughs> too much methane in the house, Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need several more canaries. Um, Billy Joel was doing some interesting things as far as the kinds of sounds he had horns were super big in the 80s i mean even paul simon used horns in one of his songs which was like the trendy thing to do at the time i'm really gonna walk into the guillotine with only eight points aj (laughs) oh no And not a penny whistle will play for me. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a pop song, right? If it was top five in several countries, you know a bunch of pop songs. Why can't you think of any? <laughs> I bet my mom would know this. I'm not being ageist or anything. I just, she, the 80s was her focal point for music. I'm just so, Billy Joel is all I can think of. So I'm going to go with a song that I know charted very high for him in the 80s. And go with it's still rock and roll to me. Everybody's talking about the penny whistle solo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate sure there's not a penny whistle solo in that song at all. But <laughs> I just that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> you know, Carmella. What what amazes me is how what what I love about hosting this show is that I get to hear people talking out and thinking out loud. And they say things oftentimes, and they don't even realize that they're saying the things. And if they were to be in my position and just be listening to themselves, they would hear themselves say these things and perhaps uh, slide into the the right direction here. So, uh, no, you weren't going to get it from the French composer Pierre-Louis Joseph Boulet. I mean, that just happens to be the name of the person who met the singer of this song at a party. Oh, no. I said Paul Simon, didn't I? You did say Paul Simon. <laughs> did this guy call him Al? The guy <laughs> saw his wife and said, Ah, Betty, nice to meet you. Looked at him and said, Al! Paul Simon, who you mentioned, went to his buddies, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo, and... Uh, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You mentioned the horns. And yeah, because I was thinking about that song because it was the trendiest song that he did in the 80s. And I, oh my God. And it was 86. <laughs> and it was top five. And, and what is the chemical symbol for aluminum? I L. 
You can call me Al was the answer. It was all sitting right there for you. I I tried to give it to you on an aluminum platter. <laughs> you really did. And, you know, I'm going to have to go back into hiding for another three years from the show. <laughs> Ah, oh, well, uh, <laughs> come up with an alias, and then I'm sure Paul Simon can write a song about it. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, I was but you're not done. I was thinking about the horns. I was thinking about, was right thinking there, about everything. <laughs> it was all I could do to stop from jumping out of my chair and go, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to load you up with some diamonds on the soles of your shoes. All right. <laughs> And me, even though I know Chase, we're going to go sit in a corner. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> eight points. I mean, this just started out so well. What happened? <laughs> it's he all tries. downhill from there. <laughs> ah, I mean, that's it was not a climb. <laughs> I was, I was, I was one off on the electoral votes. <laughs> oh. Didn't think about the word cancel at all. Oh. Well, let's. <laughs> See, maybe, maybe we can redeem ourselves in the hugest way possible. For we have one question left in this contest before I'm going to allow you to leave. Carmela, prepare to face the guillotine. We got the guillotine. We got the guillotine. You better run. We got the guillotine. We got the guillotine. You better run. That's right. One final question is before you. One answer is required. If you get it right, you will double your score. Double your score. Eight turns into 16 just like that, and I will happily give you those points. If you get it wrong, no harm, no foul. Your score will still stay the same. <sighs> what is this, the however? Yes, here is the however. If either you do not give an answer, a.k.a. no sandbagging, if you give an answer that just completely is off the rails, not fit in the category, uh, or what is more likely going to be the case, if it happens, if you give the wrong answer that I have preordained, pre-selected and written down as being the guillotine answer, then it's off with your head and your score will be chopped in half. I realize there's not a huge half to be chopped here, but chopping it will be done. Make no mistake about it. Are you ready? Head in the slot? Yeah. Like a cigarette? Blindfold? Yeah. Celery? Canary? <laughs> <laughs> you know, after this past week, I was thinking, I'm like, I quit smoking quite a few years ago. But I was like, man, be a good time to take up smoking again. <laughs> it looks like it was the wrong time to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Your guillotine question is as follows. As of the end of the fiscal year 2019, what country has the highest GDP per capita in the world? The key phrase being there, per capita. What country has the highest gross domestic product, GDP, per capita in the world as of the end of fiscal 2019? Take a moment, collect your thoughts, and let me know what you think. <laughs> oh, no, no, not oh. <laughs> so now it's trying. Now, now I've got to play against you. <laughs> what word did you pick? <laughs> All right. So, countries with really high GDP or places like, well, the U.S. has pretty high GDP. China does. But China also has an enormous population, which would probably drop their capita. 
And that wouldn't also, also wouldn't surprise me if that's the one that you picked because it's kind of like, oh, China's the biggest country. They do the most exports. Obviously, that theirs is going to be the biggest. So it makes me think that it's going to be a smaller country, but one that still produces a lot. And there are at least like 200 countries in the world. <laughs> at least, yes. <laughs> Depending on you know whether or not the UN recognizes them or not. Hmm. India might be a good one. Again, that's another high population. So it would drive their per capita down. I don't know. UK is pretty wealthy as a country. It's not Greece. I think they're still bankrupt. So I don't <laughs> think they're... Uh, which is very unfortunate for Greece. I'm very sorry. Um, Germany, they have a lot of manufacturing. But not a huge population. Cross off China, I'm going to cross off India. I think, now this was said a couple years ago, but like if you just took California as itself, without the rest of the country, it would be the fifth largest economy in the world. So if you stick it back into the US, obviously the economy would be very, very large. Um, but if we were factoring in per capita, the US is much larger than Germany is. I'm going to go with Germany. Um, it's probably wrong, but I'm hoping it's not the guillotine or the guillotine word. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Well, the, the good news is, is that when I ask, you know, for, for the category being country, you don't have to worry too much about giving an answer that doesn't fit the category. <laughs> Just name a country, you know. <laughs> so there is that. It's a lot easier than if I said, you know, nuclear physicist who won the Nobel Prize in the 19th. 20s you know you might not necessarily get one on that list um so yeah it's it's obviously it's that fine line of you need the wealthy country mm-hmm. combined with not so much population like you know a billion people is gonna right. take china well down that on that list to give you uh, an idea here, I will tell you that the, the country in first place has a GDP per capita of 164000 or so. dollars. Okay. So, United States, about 67000 So, we're talking U.S. great numbers of economy, but also great numbers of people. Right. Really, what we're looking at here is... For the most part, we're we're talking about them rich places with a few people because it's a whole bunch of uh, former monarchs who still just kind of hang around and collect all the wealth there. I mean, you know, you do have your cutters and things like that in the mix, but I'm going to let you off the hook. Germany, not not the guillotine answer, and it is not the correct answer. You'll be leaving here with eight points. Uh, in third place on the list, and our guillotine answer was Luxembourg. Luxembourg, oh, very teeny wealthy. Tiny. <laughs> yeah, very well. Not a lot of people, but you know, when when you know you got your uh, your kings and queens and princes and dukes and duchesses, you know, with the, all the crown jewels and whatnot, and you know, they're wealthy. Uh, second on that list, Liechtenstein. And first on the list would be a lovely place known as Monaco. Monaco was the correct answer here. We're going to pass those duchies to the left-hand side. It's okay. (laughs) No harm. You survived the guillotine. I did. You survived the guillotine and end up with a total of eight points. Hey, 
you could have done a lot worse. It's true. I was adjacent on a lot of these questions. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the beauty of this game. Unfortunately, you will not be making it to the semifinals, but I hope you had a really good time. And I did. I enjoyed having you in the hot seat. As always, as usual, you are certainly welcome back anytime before I do uh, excuse you once and for all from that hot seat. Anything you want to say, shout out, uh, plug, you know, the, the floor not covered in blood is yours. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it not being covered in blood. Um, so as I said at the top of the episode, uh, I'm on a couple different podcasts, uh, Trivial Warfare and Foreplay. If you have any interest in trivia, obviously you do. You listen to the show. There's probably some overlap. Um, we are on all of your podcatchers. Uh, definitely come in and give us a listen. The other thing is, is I have recently um, received some um, not-so-great family news. So I want to shout out the American Cancer Society and um, if you are so inclined um, the American Cancer Society does a lot of really great work Um, we are in the middle of a pandemic and cancer patients are even more at risk than your average person uh, because they are immunocompromised so if you have uh, in your heart to give time or money to the American Cancer Society I would encourage you to do so sorry to hear that Uh, my my condolences on uh what's going on with your family and uh you know as someone who uh has gone through uh the 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 gamut in the past uh decade uh made all the more uh depressing when you know that there's so much more that can be done and uh hopefully hopefully we'll be getting some people who understand science is the way to go try and work on these things instead of just saying well go away tomorrow don't worry about it so yeah (laughs) so hopefully more positive days ahead Building that sense of community, that is what it's all about. Definitely check out Carmela's show. Check out the Trivial Warfare Army on Facebook. Help uh, join that community. You can join the Beat My Guest Fans Hot Seat on Facebook and join our community here. A lot of overlap there. We're one big happy family here. Even if they do get a little bit mad at me when they're in the hot seat for a little while. (laughs) And listen to the questions. They go, hey, Jay! (laughs) And, of course, uh, well, tournament rolls on. over will roll on without you, Carmela, but... Thank you for being in the show. Next week, we're going to have contestant number 14. We're getting down to the nitty, getting down to the gritty of it all. Gritty, Philadelphia. Hey, it's a mascot. I like mascots. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) enough rambling. I heard that about you. (laughs) It's a thing. Uh, (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Until next time, take care and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you liked what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.